Welcome, Welcome to, to Quick, Quick Shots. Shots. Quick Shots. Shots. Welcome to Quick Shots. Oh, my days. Okay. Um, wow. We got a really, really, well, you got a really detailed email from uh, uh, Tim. Uh, long time, long time listener, first time emailer. Probably not, but you, you did forward this to me for the first time. It's a big one. Are you ready for this? Strap in. Tim asked you, in effect, do I pay principal and interest or interest only on my investment properties when the gap is 0.6 of a percent on principal and interest. So it's it's less on mm-hmm. P&I. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he sort of further gave us the, the difference is an extra 200 bucks per month. And he's already paid off his owner-occupier and he's in the top tax rate. It's a, a great information. It is a great question. It is a great question, and there's a there's there's a few layers to it. Um, so, oh, so t- tick. Um, you know, if I were Tim personally, mm. uh, and the owner occupied is cleared, I would look to chunk down some investment debt. Um, having said that, though, that that's probably there's um, you know for me that's a little bit emotion based, uh, and I probably would only do it to a point. And what Surprising. I mean by that is to a point where the properties um, aren't too cash flow positive um, because if I'm in the top tax rate, it just means that I'm going to be paying more tax mm. on the gap between my rent uh, and, and my interest. So uh, to an extent, I would pay down the principal and interest. And then once I got it to a gearing that was positively cash flowed, I would then start to, um, you know, look at expanding the portfolio. If you, if you are in the top tax rate, you get great benefits by having negatively geared properties, um, you know, that that, that mm. if you can get that, get that right balance, um, I, I think that would be my approach is to pay off the principal and interest to a point. And then I would switch to interest only, even though you pay slightly higher interest rate, um, it's going to make more sense because you, you do get, you know, half of that interest cost back, Tim, um, because you're in that top tax rate. Mm. I mean, too, like if you if these are your only sort of tax breaks on your higher income, then you want to be maximising them, don't you? Well, and, and you don't want to, you know, it's like uh, a lot of a lot of the time, you know, I will get friends say who who say to me, oh, I want to, I want to, I want to. Uh, you know, a multi-occupancy, a dual occupancy. I want, I want the cash flow of a property, and and when we sit down and sort of work it out, it's 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 well, is that the right thing for you to do? Because technically, mm-hmm. you're already in a in a in a high tax rate, and because it is cash flow positive, you're potentially going to be just paying more tax. Um, so so it's actually, you know, doesn't make complete sense. Now now you get depreciation, so you know you can still be cash flow positive and not have to pay extra tax because you get the negative gearing benefits of, of depreciation. But, you know, that, that dissipates a bit after 10 years as well. So, um, you know, I, th- I think it's, it's a bit of a fine balance. Um, I would pay the P&I but only to a point personally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think well answered. I was going to add some more to that, Kaz, but uh, I think you pretty much wrangled yeah. it together. And if you're in a different, different position to Tim, um, you know, and you've still got an owner-occupied debt, then definitely interest only. Um, that that changes the equation entirely, uh, and he asked, you know, the 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 gap. Like, I don't think the gap is as relevant. 06 percent is about right. That doesn't tend to change too much in terms of the gap between um, principal and interest and, and interest only. Um, you generally are about that half to to point six percent. So you're still going to be paying um, a little bit more to be paying off the the principal amount. Um, anyway, that's uh, so I'll leave that, David. <laughs> David, 
Um, Will the lack of, you can answer this one. Will the lack of infrastructure in all capital cities be able to support the mass influx of uh, immigrants and our population growth today? God, no. God, no. No, it, it, it won't be able to. I mean, obviously, it, de- it depends what, and we're bringing on a lot of new infrastructure as well. Um, so I suppose a lot of that will will play a part uh, in putting those pieces together, those infrastructure pieces. A big one down here in Victoria is a suburban um, rail loop, which goes from the west down to the southeast, you know, so that's 50, 50 billion, a measly 50 billion, something like that. Um, but, but basically... Yeah, yeah, exactly, which will probably blow out to a little bit higher. But look, basically, no, uh, David, our, our current infrastructure won't support that massive migration. Uh, and the solution, which we talk about all the time, our listeners are probably sick to death of us uh, talking about, is, is density, and that is maximising on current infrastructure. So, I mean, really putting a microscope on those Medium, middle ring suburbs that are within the infrastructure zones of of the capital cities. Uh, and then also, I guess, factoring in where the new employment is going or, or where employment is growing um, and looking at those areas for, for investment properties as, as well um, in, in that context because mm. people do generally want to live relatively close or with a relatively easy commute uh, to their job. Um, think, so the answer, the answer is no. I think too, like a, a lot of people, when they think of infrastructure, it's the transport. So it's it's your roads, it's your rail, um, buses, all that sort of thing. But there's so much more to it, isn't there? there there's, oh, you know, so sewer, sewer is is often a, a really big um, hold up because that takes a lot of years to plan, you know, so and you, 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 you need to cater for a whole big catchment. It's like, not like you can just extend it 30 metres at a time, you know, it's it's a lot more involved than that electricity, mm. um, gas to a, to a lesser extent, yeah, um, yeah. all of these yeah. things that are critical if you're going to house people, um, oh, they're, it's, they're, it's they're, they're equally important yeah. uh, as the transport infrastructure, which, which is the main one that people think of. So true. So, you know, even, even when people sort of make some negative commentary on the fringe going further and further out, I mean, that that is not easy to do either. Uh, and if anything, I would say that state governments and councils don't want to go further out because they don't have the infrastructure budget to, no. to get you further out, um, in transport and, and all those services included. So, yeah, I mean, density is the solution, right? Density is the solution. And that's why that's why even though a lot of us perceive the 300 square metre block to be small, it ain't. It no. ain't small. That could, be, that could be a whole building in time. Thank you, Tim and David. Uh, Anyone else out there who's got a question, please send them in. Uh, We'd love to hear from you guys. Have a great weekend and we'll see you next week. Make good choices. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Double Shot with your favourite cousins, Alex and James Fitzgerald. If you've got a burning question or something we absolutely need to talk about on the pod, please write to us. Both of our emails are in the show notes. For little real estate tidbits and a little bit of banter, okay, a lot of banter, you can follow us on the gram. Our handle is the doubleshot.podcast. That, my friends, is the doubleshot.podcast. Until next time, think of us when you sit back and sip your next double shot.